Hey ladies and brave gentlemen, welcome back. My name is Tiffany Dawn and this is episode four of our Outgrowing the Good Christian Girl series. And this is a tricky one. This episode is the one all about my journey through the question, can Christians be gay? This one brings up a lot of strong feelings on both sides of the topic. And so I'm doing this with fear and trembling as it were. Not fear and trembling so much of what you guys would think, but just wanting so much to honor God and how I word things and how I explain my own journey with this question. And honestly, the point of this video is not even to tell you what I believe. Um, so spoiler alert, I'm not going to tell you what I believe because I feel like that would just completely undo the purpose and the point of this video. The point is to, to share my experience, my process to getting to a place where I can be at peace even when I don't know the answer and be at peace in those gray areas in our faith. No, I do not think our faith is completely gray but I also don't think it's as black and white as we sometimes make it out to be. I think there's a real fine line and I think that people who love God and honor the Bible can think differently on some issues. So I'm actually gonna to transition to my living room in just a second and share with you the first part of the video I filmed about a week ago. Um, and I got a lot of feedback on it, everywhere from people who believe it's not okay for Christians to be in a gay relationship, through people who are on this journey currently, all the way to um, a guy who I really respect named Matthew Vines, who began and runs the um, Reformation Project Ministry, which is all about a biblical case for same-sex relationships. His feedback was so profound and not what I expected. And um, I really think it's gonna bless you guys. So stay through to the end. I'm gonna read you what he said about this video. Welcome back to our next episode about growing the good Christian girl. If you have not seen the first three episodes, I highly recommend you check those out first. There are links down in the description to the videos or podcast version of those episodes. They lay the foundation for the rest of the series. So as I get started today, we're gonna to talk about um, the question that propelled me the most into this whole journey about growing the good Christian girl of understanding God in a new way. And the question was, is it okay for Christians to be gay? Can you be gay and a Christian? Um, in the church I grew up in, that was not okay. It was very clear. And also, I mean, I, I was born in the 80s. So this was before a lot of the movement that has happened over the last 20 years. Um, so I didn't know anybody that was gay that I was aware of. I'm sure there actually were people, but I didn't know. Um, and it wasn't really talked about much, but it was just like, this is what the Bible says. Like it says, this is a sin. It's not okay. There's like these six passages that talk about it. It's not okay. And I never really questioned that for a long time. I never thought anything more about it. My late twenties were when some people close to me came out. One came out as being gay and also wanting to be baptized and renew his relationship with God at the same time. And that was something that I just had never seen or known of before. Like someone saying, I want to love Jesus with all I am. And I also believe it's okay to be gay. And I was really thrown by that. I'm like, that that doesn't go together, right? Like you can't, doesn't the Bible say that that's not okay? And then another person close to me um, started going through hormone therapy to become the other gender. And I remember like sitting and talking with this person and asking like, so what, you know, led you to do this? Like I, I had never seen it coming. And this was somebody like I had spent a lot of time with and I just felt thrown. And I remember talking to my mom about it because she, she knew this person well too. And saying, mom, like what, like, I don't know how to, wrap my mind around this and my mom was just like both my parents were just so at peace and I was like how are you just like not 
freaking out and not sure what to think anymore. And my mom's like, it's just part of this person's journey. And you know what? God is working in my heart a lot through it too. And that's the beautiful thing is like God works through everything. You know, I think sometimes we think the way I've always thought about God needs to remain the same forever or it's not true. But the thing is, God is so big that if we fully understood him by the time we were 12 years old at our one type of church in our little world, like that would just be a very small God. It's normal and important and natural for our faith to keep growing and developing and for us to realize, you know, I didn't really understand that correctly. And maybe in 10 years, I'll realize I still, I'm sure in 10 years, I will realize I still don't understand a lot of things correctly because God is so much bigger. Like Paul said, we know in part, we see in part. Someday we'll see with full clarity, but right now we don't. So if you're like, I think I started being terrified of asking these questions because I was like, what kind of Christian does this make me? Like, what does this make my faith? Does this make my faith not true, not steady? No, it just makes my faith in a God that is so big that he will always be able to catch me. He will always be big enough for any question I throw at him. And he's not going to fit in my tiny little box. Anyway, so that's when I start really like wrestling with this question. And like for the first time in my life, it's in my face. I cannot get away from it um, because these people are in my life. And I'm like, I don't know what I believe on this topic anymore. Just seeing like, even with a person going through um, hormone therapy, like I remember this person had tremors all the time. Well, they start an estrogen, the tremors go away. This person was super depressed, like almost suicidal sometimes. Their mental health improves like dramatically. Um, they were very isolated and kept to themselves a lot and they start making these friends and these social connections and developing community. And I'm like, the changes I'm seeing are so positive and so healthy. And then I start asking these questions like, well, if God really said this was wrong, but these desires are innate, where like you don't remember a time before them, then how how is that fair? How is that loving? How does that work? Because the thing is, I started talking with more and more people I personally knew, and even the people who said, I used to be in gay relationships, I used to consider myself gay, but I believe I can't be that anymore in order to honor what God calls us to do. Even those people said there was not a time that I remember before this. Like it wasn't like there was some traumatic event that happened and then I started being attracted to the same sex. They all said the same thing. Like I don't remember a time. Like, and I just started feeling so conflicted because like I thought I knew the answers. I, I was like, I had this figured out. I know what the Bible says. And I thought I knew exactly how the Bible was meant to be understood in those passages. And on the other hand, I didn't want to believe that anymore because I was like, I want the people I care about to be with somebody they love someday. I don't want them to have like the only option to be celibate. And so I just started feeling this, all this tension, all this conflictedness inside. Um, but I didn't just say, I'm going to change my opinion because of what people around me are experiencing. Instead, I said, I want to know, like, what does the Bible really mean when it talks about this? And the Bible does not talk about this very often. I think there's six passages in the entire Bible. But I was like, I want to know, like, what do those passages mean? Is there truly another way that we could understand them? Or is that just wishful thinking? And I'd always thought that that was just wishful thinking. So then one day I'm talking about it with some of my girlfriends who have a really deep, real relationship with God. And I just assumed that they thought the same way I did because we'd been raised similarly and we'd gone to some of the same churches. And so I was like, they're going to be on the same page with like the Bible says it's wrong. But instead they were like, no, we totally think it's fine to be a Christian and be gay. And I was like, what? <laughs> As I say to my daughter, what, what, what is happening? <laughs> and I just didn't 
know, again, how to wrap my mind around that. They were very graceful and kind. And I was like, but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? But trying to refute everything they said. So I start going to counseling for some stuff in my marriage that we were working through. Um, and this starts coming up in my sessions a lot, like telling the counselor, like, I need to understand. I need to know, like, what is right and wrong here? And my counselor, who used to be this very conservative Christian pastor, he's now a Christian, but more liberal in his views and a counselor. And he and his wife travel and speak together. It's very cool. He's this grandpa, super wise. James and I love him. Anyway, um, he started pushing back and saying, why do you need to know? Like, is this going to change how you live your life? And I was like, well, no, it doesn't really have anything to do with me. He's like, then why are you so focused on needing to know what's right and wrong? Why do you need this answer? Like, there's something deeper going on here. And I at first was like, because we're talking about Christianity and morality. Like, I need to know. Everybody needs to know. But as he kept pushing and kept pushing me a little deeper, I realized like how much of my life I viewed the world through black and white and having to know the answers for everything. I just had to know. I had to understand. I had to have the all-conclusive final answer for all time and know what I believed. I remember like just feeling like on edge all the time. And like this was burning in the back of my mind, like just feeling like this could change everything about how I've always viewed God and the Bible. And part of me wants it all to change. And part of me is afraid for it all to change. And part of me feels like I'm losing the good Christian girl I used to be because I'm questioning these things and not taking them for granted. So there's like this grief part of the process. And there was this like confusion and it was just a lot. So eventually I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do some research. I'm going to read from people who think differently on this topic than I do. That was a value that my parents had always instilled in me and my siblings growing up was you always need to take time to hear the other side of the story. Whether or not you end up agreeing with them, you just need to take that time to understand where people are coming from when they believe differently than you on issues that you feel strongly about, especially. So I started looking up for some stories from different people, reading books. And I, I always had this idea in my head that this was a black and white issue and that everybody either agreed or didn't really want to honor God in the Bible. Like, I just thought like you're either in or you're out, all or nothing here. Like there's no in between, there's no gray. And I just thought like all real Bible scholars agreed. But then as I started paying attention to these other voices, I started realizing like they truly seem to want to honor God and the Bible. And they're saying like, you know, looking at the text, looking at the linguistics here, looking at the culture here, like this is why we think that these verses don't mean what we always thought they did. Or here's why we think it's okay to be a Christian and be gay. And it wasn't out of just, we just want to believe it this way. It genuinely seemed like they were saying, we want to honor God. We want to honor the Bible and be surrendered to it. We just honestly don't think that there's only one way to approach this and the way we look at it is very different. And as I read this, it wasn't like I had to agree with everything they said or disagree. It was more that it just opened my perspective to say, maybe there's more than one way to look at this. Like even Bible scholars, even PhDs, even, you know, Christians with a real relationship with God can perhaps look at this in more than one way. Like maybe there's more gray here than I thought. And that realization was what really started to bring so much 
peace to my heart because I felt like I was in this like constant state of turmoil trying to figure out right or wrong and not sure what to think and just to say maybe there's more than one way to look at this like that was like all I needed to know to just say I'm just I don't have to know all the answers I don't have to fully understand this it isn't something that's going to change anything about how I live my life anyway but just to say there are genuine people who are trying with all their hearts to honor God and honor his word and they believe differently than I do. And that, that was a perspective I had never heard in church. I never knew existed. And it was so freeing to finally see it. So when I am wrestling with a gray area or an area where there's debate in Christian circles about what's right and what's wrong, the big things for me are to ask these three questions. Number one, what does the Bible say? Like upon your first reading, like what does it say? I want to know that. Number two is what does the Bible mean? And part of what helps me understand that is reading different perspectives. Not just people who are saying like, I'm going to believe whatever I want to believe because I feel like it. But people who are like studying the scriptures and saying, here's what I'm seeing. Because we all see in our own perspective and our own worldview and family background and that doesn't mean it's right just because we always grew up hearing something. And so I find it's very helpful to read different people who have really studied the Bible on that topic. And the third question I like to ask is what of what is the fruit of this? Like if you remember in episode one, I talked about how Jesus said, you know a tree by the fruit it bears. And for me in my own life, when I started wearing head coverings and trying to be totally silent in church, I was like, I'm seeing death in my life, not the life and freedom Jesus gave to bring. And so that was what made me start saying, Am I looking at this in too black and white of a lens? Is there another way to understand the Bible's message concerning women in the church? It was the fruit I saw that first made me start asking those questions. So Matthew Vines is the author of one of our resources that I have linked down below, God and the Gay Christian, uh, the biblical case in support of same-sex relationships. And I'm not recommending this to say that you must believe all of the same things, it's not about whether you agree or disagree with this. It's just about getting a different perspective. But I have a lot of respect for Matthew Vines and the Reformation project that he he began and runs. And so I reached out to him and said, would you mind watching this video and just telling me what you think of it? And his response blew me away. James and I were just like, like we had no words afterwards. We're like, wow, that is powerful. So he said, you know, I think it's a good video, but my only thought is the slippery slope concern that I imagine some of your viewers will have. When I started doing this work 10 years ago, I didn't take the slippery slope concerns too seriously. And on certain issues, there really isn't a slippery slope. Like for, for example, no one ends up supporting bestiality or pedophilia or incest after changing their mind about same-sex marriage. But over time, I've come to realize there absolutely can be another kind of slippery slope where people change their mind about this topic lose trust in the church and Christian leaders as a result, and then end up taking apart their faith beliefs piece by piece until they no longer identify as Christian or hold basic Christian beliefs. For example, that Jesus is God, that he died for our sins and was physically raised from the dead, that scripture is authoritative and inspired, and that values like monogamy and covenant still matter for sexual ethics. So I have become increasingly passionate about the basics of Christian orthodoxy that we find in the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. Many conservative churches absolutely take it too far when they claim to have one right answer to every issue and don't allow room for doubts or questions about almost anything. But I didn't realize early on how many more progressive churches make the opposite mistake of insisting that we only have questions and doubts about theology and that for Christians to feel 
almost confident about having almost any answers or beliefs, especially if they're more conservative or orthodox, that's a problem. And I think this is a serious overcorrection and understandably gives many people pause when it comes to the LGBTQ conversation. All that said, there are definitely are Christians who change their mind about same-sex marriage and transgender people and who continue to hold firmly to the authority of scripture and to orthodox Christian beliefs. But given that isn't always the case, I would imagine some of your more conservative followers may want some reassurance about how much is up for grabs in your understanding. And so that's why I wanted to share those three questions I asked with you. What does the Bible say? What does it mean? And what is the fruit I'm seeing from this? Those are all things to consider because I'm not just saying, I want to believe this way and I'm throwing out the Bible. <laughs> Instead of saying, I really want to search out like what does scripture say and what does it mean? Growing up, I always thought, you know, context is just about the passage that verse is in or keeping the picture of a Bible as a whole in mind. But I didn't take seriously enough the context that is the culture and the history and who the passage was intended for and why it was written and what the purpose was in writing it. And we don't know all those things for sure, which leaves gray areas that I didn't expect to find. And just, and again, this video is not saying you have to believe one way or another. It's just saying it's good to wrestle with the gray and it's good to, in a sense, embrace the gray. Not that everything's gray. I definitely do not believe that. Like Matthew is saying, I believe Jesus is God. He was raised from the dead and he bought our salvation and our relationship with God with his blood. But there is more room for gray than I realized growing up and accepting that I don't have to have all the answers in order to do what God has called me to do, which is love God with all my heart and love my neighbor as myself. That has brought a lot of peace to me. And so that's the purpose of this video, not to tell you what to believe, but to get you thinking and to say it's okay to ask these questions and to search out scripture in a deeper way than maybe we ever have. I have resources, like I said, linked down below. There's, I specifically put resources down there that show a different side of the story than I heard growing up. And the reason I did that is because this video series is specifically for people who grew up like me. This is That's my target audience, as it were, you ladies and gentlemen who grew up in very conservative churches and are thinking, is there another way to look at things? Is there another way to approach faith? And so what I put down there are the resources I think will be most helpful to just giving you a different perspective. I love you ladies. Um, let me just pray for us. Lord, I pray that you would keep our hearts close to you through this whole journey that we are on and that you begin to just teach us, open our eyes to see you in ways we never have before and to teach us more about how to do what you've called us to do, to love you and love others. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys and I'll see you next week. Bye.